Trading at episode 74. You can take, you know, 10 trades a month, uh, 10 winning trades per month um, and at your 1% and you've got 10% there at the end of the month. But it's the runners, it's the runners that you leave to keep keep going and do those extra 40, 50, sometimes 100 pips. Um, you know, sometimes you get that golden egg, right? You get that golden egg that just keeps going. It just keeps going and you're just trailing the stop loss, continue to trail it and, you know, your runners can do close to 10% per month as well. And that just makes all the difference. That's what I've tended to think. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we have Matthew Todd on the show from Todd Capital Group. Now, Matthew's show starts off with quite a bit of storytelling and then we get into some massive golden nuggets. So guys, please, I think we go through maybe 20 minutes of storytelling before we get there, but we do get there and we get there strong, big time. So there was one massive takeaway I had from this interview, which has helped me immensely. And it's a wee trick that Matthew talks about. And I had to go through, I went back through the show about three or four times to try and find it because it's just hidden in there. It's a gem. It's around certain numbers, okay, certain numbers which uh, which will help you with discipline. So what I sort of took away from the whole show is discipline. And I started using this technique and all of a sudden – things really did change for me for the better uh, and I'm just basically taking less trades and it's making a huge difference, a huge, huge difference. Now, on the note of discipline, I do want to mention uh, something that a friend of mine told me. Now, uh, he's in the he's in the trading nut chat room and he said, I don't know how he got onto it, but he said that oh, he was talking about uh, Jacko Willink, who's a uh, an ex- uh, Navy SEAL, who is all about you know putting good discipline in place in in your life, in your lifestyle. And one of the tip, tip uh, tips or techniques that he he teaches, and I'm pretty sure it's him or a friend of his mentioned it. I don't know where it came from, but anyway, the tip is or the technique is to do 100 press ups or push ups for 100 days straight, and it's a test of discipline. So it's not a test of, of strength, but a test of discipline. So can you do it? Can you be disciplined enough to do it every single day, even if it gets to like midnight and, or not midnight, let's say <laughs> before 11 p.m., have you got enough discipline to get yourself out of bed and do those 100 push-ups before the end of the day? So anyway, I started doing it on day 15 in, and I've managed to do it 15 days in a row. The difficult part is day three because uh, I hadn't done press-ups, push-ups, whatever you want to call them, for a long time. So I was in a lot of pain. So guys, this is a little tip. might help you with your discipline alongside what you're about to hear in this fantastic interview with Matthew Todd. We also jumped on the Zoom as after the interview and recorded a little video clip. So you can check that out over there on tradingnut.com. Guys, a lot of value in this. Listen to the stories first. And then we get into some golden nuggets like never before. Here we go. 
Uh, before we get in there, I, I always keep forgetting this. Do remember to check out the things I have on the site around automation. So, and in fact, I've changed the site around a bit. So you've got automation stuff there, so you can learn to build trading robots in 21 days. You have uh, the Robot Traders Club where you can basically get my robot builds and uh, use them on your own accounts and see how they how they perform. Um, bit of a community there, and you can also. Uh, jump on and find out some of the top strategies on the show and take the courses that other guests have left along with some mindset courses as well and obviously a bunch of funding options on there so guys if you haven't checked out the site yet you've been listening to this for a while now's the time to go and check it out there's a whole lot of stuff there that can help support your trading all right guys let's get on with the show all right folks so we've got matthew todd here from todd capital group on the show welcome matthew all the way from glasgow Thank you very much. Yep, good to be here. Yeah, so uh, opposite sides of the globe. I don't think I get many guests any further north than uh, than you. So <laughs> that's that's an achievement in itself. I don't think we've had any traders from Scotland actually on the show. You're the first. Well, it's good to be the first. Yeah, it's good to be the first. There's not many of us, to be fair. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of traders in Scotland. It's not quite it's not quite hit us yet. Um, yeah. The whole forex side of things. We're getting there, but. Um, yeah, there's there's not there's not a lot to choose from. And you think it'd sort of be perfect, like you know, I suppose. It, I mean, I've been to Scotland a few times, and it's it's quite an indoor culture. You know, you don't. I mean, the weather's not the not the best. Um, you'd think that more people would be into it, but I suppose they're just you know keen to get down the pub instead. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think a lot of people associate this, this Scotland with yeah terrible weather, uh, beer. <laughs> Uh, pubs, uh, yeah, that's that's probably an accurate assumption. But um, I think personally, I think a lot of it is um, people in Scotland, predominantly Glasgow, I feel are quite judgy. Um, <laughs> everybody's so judgmental, and, and forex, um, as I'm sure you know, has has a lot of sort of connotations of it being a scam, um, and people just trying to, you know, make money off you. Um, these people selling signals and all that sort of stuff. So that's sort of what the word around town is um, in, in Glasgow and Scotland. I think at the minute, for the majority, people just see it as a scam rather than an opportunity to make money. So anybody who does something a little bit out of the box, a little bit uh, different to the rest, is, uh, is judged quite quickly and quite harshly. So I think that's why a lot of people are maybe too scared to sort of go outside the box a little bit, yeah. Um, try something new. But for me, yeah, I've been doing it for six years now, so it's not it's no different. Um, well, let's let's get into that story, your, your six year journey to to here. So, how did it all start? Um, well, I was actually in Australia at the time. Um, I've got family in Perth, and I was just playing like semi pro football, and um, I was looking for a way to make more money to be honest and um i bought a financial magazine from this like this shop i actually think i bought it from the airport and i was reading that and got into the the property development side of things and and i messaged a couple of property developers that i knew and just asked them how they got involved and and they said they made a lot of their money in forex so at that point i started looking into forex and um i came across a success resources um seminar which was being held in Oslo at the time and my dad was actually based in Oslo so I thought okay that's quite ideal and um, you know I went there and there was uh, I think it was hosted by Robert Kiyosaki who wrote the book uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad 
And, um, you know, I went to this seminar and there's loads of different entrepreneurs and tons of different fields and they're uh, just speaking about their experience. And, and, and then, of, of course, at the end of it, <laughs> they, they tried to sell you their course. So um, so there's me, hook, line and sinker for the, the 4X course. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I, I paid my money to, to then go back to Norway. I think it was a couple of months later. Uh, to buy this, to, to, to do this two-day course, um, which I now know is obviously not, <laughs> was a bit of a scam, because um, he then tried to upsell another course, uh, but I didn't really kind of give up the sort of hope with it, I kept sort of studying and then did another free course, um, which was just online, uh, which then sold the course to go to Vegas, and, and you know, you pay £5,000 to go to Vegas, and you get to learn for five days in Caesars Palace, so I did that. Um, I actually took a loan out the bank <laughs> to pay for it because uh, I didn't have the money, but I was just so keen to learn. So I, I went to Vegas and did this course, and you know I was promised this, that, and the next thing at the end of the course, to which you know came to nothing. And um, then I still kept trying to find different ways of learning. Uh, I found a mentor who's from uh, Israel, um, fairly big on Instagram, and I learned a lot from him over the course of probably two years um and then yeah that's uh, after after that course i started to really knuckle down and study i think a lot at the beginning i was too focused on making the money um and not really putting the time into the charts to understand exactly uh, what the market's all about and uh, it wasn't until i bought this course on the which would have been the third attempt um <laughs> I finally decided to sit down and, and really study and put the time in. And at that point is when I started to see a little bit more of the results coming in. And this was this was after, you know, two year periods, two and a half year period of jumping from course to course, mentor to mentor, signals, you know, you name it, I've done it. Um and, and that was it for me and you know, I enjoyed the swing style for for a little while and I think it was around about March last year um, believe it or not I came across uh, Wix Don't Lie and you know he was he was trading smaller time frames and, and kind of intraday so I thought okay maybe I can try and implement a little style uh, on that and I spoke to Wix Don't Lie a couple of times, I spoke to Uncle Ted as well who's a really really good guy um, and you know he gave me some, some pointers uh, to which I then just started to put into practice and now I basically just uh, do the do the day trading. So I think the styles are pretty different from what um, myself and Wix don't like do. But in terms of the confidence to be able to trade the smaller time frames, um, definitely, you know, my, my kind of eyes were opened by by those two guys without a doubt. And um, and that's that's really been it since last year. And then I think it was September, twenty nineteen. I started the live streams on YouTube as well and that's that's pretty much it now you know that's that that's me where i am now um from what was a pretty long process to find something that worked you know consistently um and even though i changed styles along the way i just think like the knowledge just kept sort of building because i was you know i had an overview of the the whole market from a swing perspective to then narrow in on the day trading side of things and i think that made a massive difference to how i perform when i'm day trading versus you know, someone who's maybe new and just going straight into day trading without having all that background knowledge beforehand. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, 
I don't think I've heard many people talk about the fact that they've gone from a swing to a day trading approach and found that you know they're able to leverage what they already knew to to I suppose give them better a better edge on the day trading side. Now, there's a few things I want to touch on here. So first of all, for anyone that's new to the show, uh, Wix Don't Lie, Uncle Ted, they've both been on the show before, so you can go back a few episodes and catch them. Um, so as mentioned here by Matt. Now, uh, why, what, what I find interesting is the like a lot of the listeners are, are, are in this journey of you know getting to the point where you are now, where, where things have clicked, and they're just stuck in that cycle. And... What I want to go back to is like that very first uh, seminar and forex course that you took in, in Oslo, just to yep. give people a perspective of like what did you learn in that, so that they can sort of understand what was it flawed or was it uh, the fact that you just didn't apply it. Um, do you know what it was? Um, you know, during the during the seminar itself, when when the the, the gentleman came on stage and you know gave his sort of. Uh, speech and showed a little bit of, of what it was that he that he does. Um, it was it was very basic, but it was more to show the money side of things. So there wasn't really a lot of technicals involved um, to what I know now, of course. But it just didn't really seem like that was the, the kind of basis of his pitch. The basis of his pitch was very much how much money you can make. Um, so it was showing figures, right? It was just showing trades that he'd taken. And not how he'd taken them, uh, and that of course lures lures people in to be able to think that you know maybe one day they can they can make that money. Um, and then when I went to do the course, it was uh, just indicators like everywhere, stochastics, uh, Bollinger Bands, uh, MAs everywhere. Um, it just seemed like a real sort of messy messy chart, and that you needed to have you know multiple different you know, factors ticked off before even being able to, to take a trade. There was not really much conversation based on uh, price action and, and structure and what the market actually is, you know, like what Forex uh, really, really is. It was more just, here's some indicators, um, you know, you apply them here, this is how you do it. When this happens, you buy. When this happens, you sell. It wasn't really kind of in-depth explanations. It just seems like it was um, just, you know, little little criteria tick lists uh, that we just had to make sure uh, had happened in order to take a trade um that's kind of what it what it was all about so i was sort of missold and then even on the first day of that two-day course um the, the same gentleman mentioned if you pay a further six thousand pounds uh, you can you know get one-to-ones um and join this like I don't know, VIP trader program um, where you'll be given like a fund and, and all this sort of stuff. So again, you know, I'm not um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I, I was clever enough to, to notice a pattern um, and it just seemed like it was going from sales pitch to, to sales pitch really. So at that point, I start, sort of stopped taking any of the information and I sort of decided on the first day, to be honest, that, you know what, this it doesn't seem genuine it doesn't seem like real education it seems like stuff you've genuinely just taken out of a, a scrapbook and, and put together in a slideshow and with no real thought or effort just to use as a sales tactic to get your next payment that's yeah. what it seemed that's the vibe i got um so that was kind of what it was like it wasn't 
it wasn't really it wasn't really the best. So, so he, I'm assuming you didn't go back and like go right. I'm going to dive in and, and try and trade this thing. You just sort of thought, correct. Okay, you just left it. Just yeah. left it. Okay. What about the the Vegas um, five day trip? I mean, was that any so different? The, yeah. So that was that was a pretty wild one to be honest. So that started as an online course, um, and each week you'd have a webinar on something new. Um, you'd be in a, a support group, you'd receive signals and, and different bits and bobs in there. Um, and then there was always offers going on in terms of like mentorship, one-to-ones, uh, retreats, you know, like, um, for example, the Vegas one, which was the, the biggest one that I think this company had offered. Um, it was all social media based, uh, you know, there was no real kind of like professional website or, or anything like that. It was all very much driven by social media. And this is when Forex really became sort of like the next big thing. So this was maybe, what age would I have been? Around about nineteen twenty at the time. Um, so at least four years ago, so 4X was, was nowhere near as big as it is now uh, back then, especially on a, a social media, um, you know, scenario. But, you know, it, it, was, it was huge. The company was massive. There was a lot of people involved. Again, it was a free online course driven by sign up to this broker. You'll get your free course, but they get their CPA payment. Um, so that's kind of what that was, but the the Vegas trip was, you know, I, I flew from uh, Glasgow down to um, down to London, and then met some of the guys that were going as well in London, and then flew to Vegas, where some of us were put up in New York, New York, some of us were put up in um, the was it MGM, I think it is, yeah MGM, um, and then I think the owner and the, the educators were in Caesar's Palace and basically it was it was a 10 day trip um, 5 days of which were Monday to Friday learning to trade and that was it was pretty much a babypips.com remake um, which is pretty much what a lot of the courses are out there these days it's it's just extracts from babypips.com regurgitated in your own words um, and, and that's pretty much it um, so that's what that was, and I think that, that was five thousand pounds, of which I didn't have at the time. Um, but it was the same, the same company. Um, I was planning on, you know, moving to Australia again at the time uh, with with my girlfriend again at the time, and um, so this was around about July, or June, July, and I knew that I had to learn in a very quick space of time because I was going back to Australia. So I actually got a train from Glasgow uh, down to London at London Bridge. I got off at London Bridge, and the Shard is just right there on your left-hand side when you come out of London Bridge Station. So I went down at, I think, 19 or 20 years old with a suit on, £2,000 cash in my pocket, Um, walked into the Shard to meet them in the office that they had and asked them to teach me. Um, And I said, I need to learn over the next two to three months and, and need to know everything that you know and, and took the two grand out um, and I, I cringe thinking about it why, why <laughs> I did something like that now but it's, I was so keen I was so eager yeah. um, and they, they basically said they basically said no like you would need to buy like the course or do one of the tr- retreats and it just so happened that the Vegas thing came up um, shortly after and uh, just a month after, I think it was August, around about August 14th that the, the Vegas trip was happening, or um, something like that anyway. So it was only a month later, which I, of course, then had to go and 
lift the rest of that. I had to take a loan out to get the rest of that money to be able to pay for that. Um, I just started a job in car sales, uh, which I didn't get. I couldn't get the holidays off to go to Vegas for 10 days. I hadn't acquired the holidays yet, so I quit. Um, <laughs> went to Vegas, uh, promised you know to learn everything and get a job. They actually offered a job after it. Uh, the company offered a yeah. job and a fund to trade after you you pay the five grand and you learn. Um, so that never really happened after after the fact. Um, so I still planned the Australia trip, to which I or I think it was a year. I was doing a year in Australia um, with my girlfriend at the time, and I went in November. And from November to around February, maybe um, I took I sold my car, put the money from my car into my trade account and tripled it in around three months, four months. Um, so I'd made around about £26,000 in the space of three months, which at the time I broke risk management. I broke every rule in the book. You know, it was like beginner's luck almost. Um, but because... What, what, were I, you, what were you doing to, to well, I mean, get to that? I mean, you know, tripling in accounts, it's not a bad thing. But I mean, what, what were you doing, do you think, that was... Getting you there, were you using the stuff you'd learned in, in Vegas, or was it literally just purely oh, just it was, throwing, the, throwing the dice? It was it was fifty fifty. You know, it was it was part was throwing the dice uh, based on my emotions. You know, I, I would hold trades and draw down and just let them run. Um, oh, I mean, multiple things. I was just trading support and resistance. Um, there was not real any technical thought behind what I was doing, but it was working, so I didn't really. I didn't stop, you know, I was taking like 10 lots and, and 20 lots and it was, um, it was, it was ridiculous, you know, and I was making, I was making a lot of money very, very quickly and um, it, it, for me it was, I was clever enough to know, right, this is not sustainable, I know that I'm breaking risk, I know that I'm risking a large portion of uh, my account to make this money um, and it was, you know, it, it's not advisable, it's not clever, um, but at the time, you know, I was, I was young, naive, eager uh, money driven um, and I wanted to prove myself to you know this this company and then they saw what I, what I did with this money and of course they offered me a job uh, so whilst I'm in Australia three months into my year visa um, you know about to get a contract with uh, with the, the, the football team that I was that I was trialing with when I was there I was offered a job by this company so which I decided to take so I had to fly home. Um, girlfriend was not happy. Uh, moved down to, um, to to London in Southampton to, to work. Worked for around two months for this company, you know, educating, sending trades out, you know, managing groups, managing students. Um, didn't get paid for, for my two months' work. Um, so it's just, it was, you know, the experience was just, ridiculous to be honest so I ended up quitting of course having not been paid I was paying I think it was a thousand pounds a month to stay in an Airbnb down there um, whilst not getting paid so it was just a bit it was just a bit ridiculous so I was totally conned by that company um, did, did you have a break after was, that did you like think like, this um, just, uh, everything I'm throwing at this is not working uh, I'm you know did Do you know what? Not really, to be honest. Like, there just there was never there was never a moment where I thought, oh, there's there's upside here. You know, there's there's genuine upside. It was just constant. It was just constant. You know, risk. Um, no certainty. There was no 
um, there was no real structure in what I was doing with with you know my finances, you know my job, career. There was there was genuinely nothing. You know, I had people um, obviously watching me, sort of judging me, thinking you know he's going to fail. I've got my mum and dad on my back saying, "Son, you can't keep you can't keep doing this." You know, my mum's very kind of positive and motivational, and and you know she's got all of that law of attraction in her, like that Tony Robbins stuff. Yeah. Um, She's got all of that in her, so that kept me going a little bit. But my dad, who's very much a realist, is just like, son, get a job or go to uni and, and you know, work your way up and stuff. But I just, I don't know, I just kind of stuck at it. I thought there's too many people now waiting to see me drop the ball or waiting to see me fail that I can't because I just can't give them that satisfaction. So I just kept going. That was I just kept going and then eventually set up um, Todd Capital Group. Um, after I found some consistency in the trading, and and that was you know that was it from there. So so you met your mentor in a, 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 through I'm guessing you met him through Instagram, the Israeli yeah. guy, and I mean you obviously paid for that mentorship, and um, or, or did did he you know give pity to you and, and give it to you on the house? Um, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. So, so so what was what was different between what he was teaching and, and what everyone else was was I suppose selling you. <laughs> As opposed to teaching. Um, what what kind of got me first was the fact that he interviews you before you buy his course. So he needs to make sure that you are um, at least knowledgeable in Forex to um, a sort of general level. Um, he he says that everybody should go and do babypips.com before um, buying his course because it refers to it refers to nothing to do with baby pips at all it's uh, completely different it's um, a lot more in-depth a lot more personal um, you can clearly see that he has his own style and his own stamp on how he views and trades the market um, and that kind of got me because you know if you can he asked you he asked us a couple of questions based on you know um, risk management and, and stuff like that before he's willing to sell you it just so you know you know what you're getting yourself in for. You're not just looking to join a course to, to take trades of other people and uh, and make loads of money off the back of someone else. He wants to know that you're you genuinely want to learn. Um, so that kind of stuck with me because there's not many, you know, not many mentors or educators out there that are unwilling to take your money <laughs> unless uh, unless you can show them that you're committed and that you at least have a little bit of background in it. So that sort of stood out, and then. You know, the course itself was, again, like I say, has his very own twist on it. Um, a lot of videos, a lot of content that he's put the time into making, which it's not like slideshows or anything like that. He's made the videos, speaks, it's all pre-recorded, um, hours and hours of content. So you could see the time that he put into to making that course um, and also breaking it down to the extent where someone who's fairly new can still understand it so um you could just see the difference an absolute mile off and and again the, the difference in prices um it's like a fifth of what i'm paying to go and go to vegas and all that sort of stuff that being sold the dream and being sold the the luxury of what trading can do for you and stuff like that this guy was very real his instagram is full of um charts you know full of just charts education there's no pictures of watches or cars or fancy holidays or anything anything like that he's not trying to sell you a dream he's just you know showing you raw trading and and that's that kind of stood out to me i think that's really important when people are looking to choose a mentor 
And so, so if you had to, I suppose, you know, as you mentioned, you, you left there, you, you decided to put time and effort in. Uh, I mean, what did you end up with? What was your the style that you've ended up with? Um, so, so you know, I, I sort of developed this, this swing style from from this guy, um, you know, like using fibs, um, key levels, um, and I, I also kind of tying it in with a little bit of baby pips as well because I genuinely feel like the knowledge on there or the information on there. Um, is enough to give you uh, the knowledge required to trade just with that little extra help um, from from this mentor. You know, it, it enabled me to sort of put two and two together. So that was sort of the style I was trading for a while. Um, but for me, my psychology and my emotions are probably the most important part of my trading. Um, I think because I was getting sick of being in trades and being up maybe 50 pips or even 100 pips, um, that being a swing trade and then being stopped out for break-even because I've had to wait for a criteria. I've had to wait for certain things to happen to execute that trade. And I may have to wait like a couple of days or maybe a week or sometimes two weeks because it's swing trade and the opportunities just don't come around all the time. Um, and whilst I'm waiting for that setup to come, you know, I, I execute it and I'm in profit. It looks great. And then I get stopped out for break-even and no longer is that criteria there to execute the trade again. So I feel like I was getting stopped out for break-even a lot. I wasn't maximising the profits. Um, I didn't like being in drawdown, but with the swing style, you know, of course, your stop loss is going to be a little bit larger, um, just just naturally. Um, so then I started to, to switch back into scalping and day trading, which is the first sort of things that I learned in trading. And then stumbled across, uh, as I mentioned, Wix Don't Lie. And I saw his sort of style and I thought, how can I implement my swing style in terms of the structure of the market on the lower time frames? Because I never used to go lower than the four hour chart. And now I'm trading, now I execute trades based on like the 30 minute chart or the 15 minute chart. But the structure and the way that I view the market is the exact same way I would view the market on the four hour or the daily time frame. I've just tied all of those together um, and just learned a little bit more on how to read specific candles. That's what I would say has helped me a lot in being able to trade these smaller time frames is genuinely learning what each candle means um, and what it means for the following candle after that. So, um, yeah, I'm very much kind of still trading based on structure, which was my swing background, but I'm executing on smaller time frames by reading candles now, and that's what sort of added um, that added that different sort of dynamic to my trading. Cool. Um, and so, if we have to break that down, like, so you're trading now. So let's focus on the on the day trading. What is yep. what does it look like from you know how many pl- t- trades are you placing in a day? Um, so I'll tend not to trade any more than twice to three times a day. Um, I try and stick to the like the three trade kind of rule where you can have, you know, three wins, you can have two wins and a loss, you can have one win and two losses, or you can have two losses. That's it. I try to stick to that um, and, of course, abide by, you know, my risk management. So as much as there's a lot of opportunities with day trading and scalping, I just try to stick to, to no more than three. Um, I was actually mentioning it to people on stream earlier on about, why I don't have targets. People were asking, do you have daily targets, you know, weekly targets, monthly targets? But I, I personally don't because Forex is, is an uncapped industry for earnings. Um, 
I don't see why we should you know put a limit on how much we can make, but instead focus on a drawdown limit, focusing on how many trades per day are you taking, how much money are you willing to lose in a day, how much you know percentage risk of your capital are you willing to lose in a day, and by putting drawdown limits on things, I personally feel that it actually maximizes the gains that you take in the longer term. Um, so limiting your losses is pretty much is, is what I do, but no more than no more than three trades a day mm. for, for me. I like that one. That's a that uh, I haven't heard that before. It's a great little rule. Uh, something that I might consider thinking about myself. Um, guys, rewind that. Listen to it again if you need to get the detail. So, what about risk to reward ratio? I mean, when you're placing a trade, I mean, how far away is your reward to your risk? Um, I tend to go for nothing lower than a one to one. Um, at the moment, my strike rate is probably around 70 to 80%. So I know that with a one-to-one risk-to-reward, I'm still going to have that edge on the market. Um, even if you're only winning you know, six times out of 10, you can still trade at a one-to-one risk-to-reward, knowing that in the long run, you're going to come out profitable. Um, I'll enter trades if I can see that there's a one-to-one available. Uh, and of course, you know, close out you know, 50%, 75% of my position uh, once it hits that target, um, and then leave part of the position to run because part of those positions can actually continue moving an extra, what, 30 pips, 50 pips, 100 pips, um, especially in the market conditions today, uh, which can add, again, a couple of extra percent to uh, to your sort of monthly gains. Um, one of my a flatmate, actually, is someone that I've taught for a long time, and he struggles a lot with leaving runners, um, which I've been teaching him a lot about recently and shown him how much he can actually be missing out on at the end of every month uh, and today finally he took a, a trade on EJ that I broke down on stream um, which he closed for his 1% which was his uh, initial risk to reward and then left a runner uh, to continue which ended up doing an extra 2.5% so he's 3.5% for the day and the runner actually did more than the original trade and that's what I tend to find mm makes that difference in your um your, your percentage growth at the end of the month you can take you know 10 trades a month uh, 10 winning trades per month um and at your one percent and you get 10 percent there at the end of the month but it's the runners it's the runners that you leave to keep keep going and do those extra 40 50 sometimes 100 pips um you know sometimes you get that golden egg right you get that golden egg it just keeps going it just keeps going and you're just trailing the stop loss continue to trail it and you know your runners can do close to 10% per month as well. And that just makes all the difference. That's what I've tend to find um, anyway. So that's why I always, you know, define my risk by two positions. Close one, you know, or, or part of one at my original TP to secure that profit. And then the, the, the second trade, the second position, which was entered at the same price, I just moved the stop loss to break even and let it run uh, until it hits a percentage that I'm happy with or maybe hits like a daily target instead of just a 30-minute target. Um, and I found that that makes a massive, massive difference in your uh, in your percentage growth at the end of the month. I was going to say, I was going to ask how you uh, trail it, but it sounds like you just, yeah, so you shift your stop to break even and, and let it go. Because that's what I always find is when I move the stop up and try and lock in some profit, that's when it gets stopped out and then goes for yeah. the run. So Yeah, I, I think that, you know, 80% of the time, genuinely 80% of the time your runners are going to get stopped out and to be honest your runners should get stopped out they're either going to get stopped out for break even or if you're trailing that stop um, you know patiently uh, you, you could get stopped out for you know another, any, 
2%, 3%, whatever you set it to is what you get stopped out at. But what I found is that a lot of runners do get stopped out. But see those 2 out of 10 that don't, that is an extra 5% on your portfolio at the end of the month. I guarantee it. You know, I guarantee it. It, it makes that difference. So a lot of people tend to get a little bit, um, you know, the, the, their morale drops when the runner gets stopped out, right? They think, oh, shit, that's just like a losing trade. But in reality, it's not. You've already banked profits, right? You've already won that trade. This runner is just extra, right? If it keeps going, it's a bonus. If it doesn't, big deal. Move on to the next trade. Um, but what I found is that just those two, even one out of ten, right? even one out of, tri- out, out of ten, you break even, you've got no risk on the table whatsoever. Let the runner run. If it can go on and do an extra 3%, 4%, you get that twice a month. That's an extra 4, 5, 6, whatever it is. It's an extra at least 5% on your monthly gain. Mm. Fact. There's no denying that. Um, and that's what I would advise everybody to do is just to to close out your, your, your partial at your first uh, TP, get to break even, and let the rest run. What uh, what about this? What, what symbols are you looking at? Instruments? How many are you going through? In terms of in terms of what like my currency, currency pairs, pairs or? yeah, currency pairs. I trade. I try not to trade any more than four. Um, I trade uh, euro yen, pound yen, pound cad, and euro Australian dollar. Um, that's the four that I trade more than any anyone else, pretty much. Uh, I used to trade gold a little bit, but with now <laughs> the, the spread on gold is massive, um, so it, it's not it doesn't really suit. Um, suit my style. I don't like to enter a trade and, and see the, the drawdown. Um, when I enter trades, it's normally in areas where there's there's very little drawdown. Uh, that's just my style, um, trying to get impulsive moves. Um, and I find that I get them quite frequently on uh, pairs like Euro-Yen uh, and, and Pound-Yen uh, specifically. But Pound-Cad and Euro-Aussie move really nicely as well, so I, I keep an eye on them. And how, do you, how did you sort of Drill it down to those four pairs. Um, I think what I did is I actually went through, I actually went through my journal from uh, swing trading, and I looked at a lot of the wins that I was taking, and it was on the same pairs that you'll notice a pattern. It's really important that like, you journal your trades and then go back over them to see what are the pattern of my losses and what are the patterns of my wins, and then you know continue to focus on those good points and then alleviate those bad points. So my good points were um, my swing trades on, for example, Euro-Aussie were really, really good, um, and Pound-Yen were also really, really good. Uh, so I just started to focus on those pairs on the day trading point of view, and and that was it. And it's just like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So the more pairs that you look at, the more trades you'll be tempted to take. The more trades that you take, the more risk you expose, and the more risk you expose, the more chance of loss. So I just think, keep it small, um, you know, keep it light, keep it small. That just just trade us a handful of pairs, um, even two if you're just starting out. You know, I'm a b- bit more experienced, so I trade four. Um, but that doesn't mean I trade them all at the same time. I just look to see which one has the best opportunity for that day, and stick with it. Really, that's pretty much it. Now, I can't remember if you mentioned. So you said you don't go any. You hadn't gone any lower than four hour before. Did you say? Did you tell us what time frames you're trading now when you're day trading? Um, so when I'm analysing the market uh, now for day trading, I'll just use a weekly, daily, four-hour and 30-minute um, in, in order to analyse you know, the structure of the market. That's, that's the time frames that I use for that. In regards to like, execution, 
then it's it's again thirty minute and sometimes the fifteen. Um, so once I've done all my analysis, I can just sit on the thirty minute chart for the rest of the day because I know what levels hold relevance and what levels don't, and what I need to see in order to take a trade. So I pretty much execute now based on uh, the thirty minute time frame. And what does your typical tr- uh, trading day look like? Um, I'll wake up at around 6 a.m. and I'll jump on the, the stream for 6.30 and I basically just stream, sit in front of the charts until 10 a.m. Um, if I take trades and I, I profit, then I'll potentially just decide to, to not trade New York. Um, if I don't see any trades and it's a quiet day, then or a quiet London session, then I'll have a break for a couple of hours, um, go to the gym or do whatever else I need to do uh, work-wise, but just try and take a couple of hours off the charts. I think it's important that um, I don't sit in front of the charts all the time and be tempted by um, you know, potential trades that are out with my, my trading time zones. Uh, and then, I'll, and then if, as I say, if I don't take anything during London, I'll have a look for uh, New York and... And that's pretty much it. And then I don't usually trade after uh, 3 p.m. UK. I tend to be away from the market by that point. Um, and that's I just kind of close, you know, close down the charts and do whatever else I need to do for the day. If I go out or if I'm, you know, play the Xbox, that's my kind of getaway. Um, and that, yeah, that's pretty much it every single day. Cool. And and look, I mean, the, sort of thinking back to to you know, you I suppose becoming a, a profitable trader consistently profitable trader i mean what what do you what do you think what, what's the question i'm asking here i want to ask two questions one is um what do you think made you different the other one is like what was did you did you feel that you had a turning point and you know you're sort of like oh i think i've cracked it because it sounds like you know you were you would go down the route most of us go down um the, the large majority for for a number of years and really sort of you know going down with a with going down it with a wrecking ball by the sounds of it yeah. and and then all of a sudden things turn i mean what what was it that that made them turn for you um t- to be completely honest what genuinely changed my trading was um unfollowing a lot of the sort of big companies on Instagram or unfollowing any trader on Instagram for that matter. Um, I think when you're in the learning process, you're constantly seeking validation from other people. Um, You constantly want someone who's more experienced than you to tell you if that trade is good or if it isn't. And regardless of whether that person says yes or no, you're not going to learn anything if it's not based on your own judgment. So for me, a massive... A massive learning curve was when I stopped listening to other people's analysis, um, stopped following other people's uh, trades or you know advice on my trades. I just decided I'm either going to take this trade or I'm not, and it's going to either win or lose. And either way, I'm going to analyze why it won or I'm going to analyze why it lost. And that started to make the difference because I was trusting, you know, I was trusting my own instinct. I was trusting my own. Uh, analysis and that for me in the long run uh, really really helped because only you can see what you see right only you can see what you can see on a chart Um, I might see something that suggests a buy while someone might see something that suggests a sell one of you guys are going to win right one of you guys are going to win it's not going to benefit anybody Um, it's not going to benefit yourself if you listen to the other guy 
So, yeah, I would definitely say as soon as I started trusting my own analysis and, and not following the advice um, or the analysis of other traders or seeking validation from anyone else and just focused purely on, you know, my own um you know my own knowledge, my own analysis. I did, I did see a bit of a turning point. Okay, that's great. That's a great answer. Um, so, what do you recommend for for the other guys out there listening that that are really struggling with this? What do you think the step? What step should they take to start? Or start on the journey to profitability. Um, well, I would. I actually would recommend something a little bit different than what a lot of people do, and that's to trade a demo account. A lot of people say that when you start, you need to trade a live account for the whole psychology aspect of it, right? And I think that's fair enough because if you're losing fake money, it's not going to affect your psychology, right? But um, I don't think trading at the beginning should be about your psychology. I think it should be very much about um, practicing the technical aspect of it that you can do as many times as you want just to gauge um, you know, a portfolio of what works and what doesn't. Um, so I would always I would advise anybody at the beginning to start on demo. Don't listen to these people and start on live for your psychology. You know, if you don't know how to play poker, you're not going to walk into a casino with five hundred pounds and set up a poker table, right? It's just not going to happen. You need to be able to practice. So you have to go back and study, practice the technicals, do that on a demo, um, and that I would say is step one. Step two, I would find someone on Instagram who posts pictures of charts. If, if you're looking for a mentor, that's where a lot of people find. You know, they, they find you on Instagram. That's pretty much the go-to place now to find um, a mentor or an educator or whatever it may be. Make sure that that person's Instagram isn't full of pictures with cars, watches, fancy holidays. Make sure that it's chart work with explanations um, and... You know that you can see that they're genuinely trying to to give out value in regards to charts and 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 how the market moves instead of you know luring you in with the the luxury of what trading can give you. Um, that's what I would say. And then the last one, yeah, trust yourself. Don't don't trust anyone else. Just genuinely trust your own analysis. Go and study. Put in the hours. You know, I used to study when I quit my job. Um, I used to study like ten hours a day. I put ten hours a day in front of the charts that doesn't mean physically trading but i put 10 hours of chart time every single day Mm. um to to understand it and even now i still lose and still make mistakes but the the more time you spend on the chart and the learning process um the better because you get an overall knowledge of how the market moves um but limit your chart time in the actual trading process so when you're physically trading um definitely limit it but that's what i would advise for new people Talking about charts, I mean, what would you recommend they'd study on a price chart? Um, firstly, I would say structure, because that's like exactly how I trade. So structure being um, like with the trend, so higher highs and higher lows. Uh, studying that on a daily time frame down to as low as the thirty minute. Um, looking at correlations to see how they sort of work together and. Um, move in the same direction to have that confluence as to um, multi-time frame bias. So structure, I would say, is number one. Like You need to understand what direction is the market in, and that is defined by higher highs, higher lows for an uptrend, lower highs, lower lows for a downtrend. Um, and then what I would work on is uh, support and resistance. I think it's important to, um, to understand support and resistance. I know it's very, very basic, but it does help you with 
entry points and target points. And if you're going to be trading the market, that's two things that you need um, in order to know when to get in and when to get out. So, yeah, I would definitely say focus on structure first to understand the direction and then focus on support and resistance to um, identify potential turning points and targets. And then after that, I'd, I'd say candles. You need to focus on reading candles and, and, and understanding what they mean based on, you know, their closes, their, their, their wicks and stuff like that. And if you had to sort of describe, like, I suppose, one one candle that was your favourite candle, I mean, what would that, what would that be? Um, now, I don't really use names for candles. Um, I, I, I don't think um, it's easier for me to explain when I'm, when I'm looking at a chart. But see, for example, like a, an engulfing candle. Um, I want to see a candle. If I'm looking for, you know, a reversal or something like that, um, or resistance being formed, for example, then I want to see like a, a bearish engulfing candle at that area of resistance, um, preferably breaking the low of the, the, the candle prior to it. Um, because to me that suggests that there's now more selling pressure than buying pressure and I can then take a sell because resistance has been formed, uh, breaking the low of the previous candle, selling pressure is there. Of course, at that point, structure will be on my side because I've already done that analysis. Um, yeah, so that was probably what I, would, what I would do. Vice versa for buys as well. Okay, we're going to jump into what I call the technical round. So it's a bunch of quick-fire questions here. Hopefully, um, it's going to give the guys a bit of an insight into what it takes to become a successful trader and summarize some of the stuff you've already spoken about. So the first one is, okay. how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, two and a half years. Thinking about a trader's mindset, do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Um, trader's mindset, I would say... Patience. You need to be patient. Patience pays. And have you got any, got any sort of hints as to how to be more patient? Uh, trade less pairs and trade one time session. What What's your yeah. favorite entry setup? Um, breakout trades. Yeah, breakout with trend. Yeah. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Um. To manage active trades, I would say um, making sure that they are continuing uh, making higher highs and higher lows in an uptrend and making lower highs and lower lows in a downtrend. If they continue to do that whilst I'm in the trade, I'll continue to hold. Uh, As for closing trade, then I'll just look to the left-hand side to see some support and make sure that I grab some partial profit at that price in case of a bounce. What's your recommended trading book or resource? Um, I don't really have one for a trading book. I suppose for the psychology side of things, I would say uh, trading in the zone. Um, but a book that really sort of kickstarted the whole sort of, you know, I, I suppose financial freedom, uh, independence, the, the entrepreneurial sort of aspect of what I want to do. Is Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's everyone's. It was it was the same for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's mad. It's so good. It's such yeah. a good book. Um, well, another one. Actually, you go on. Another one. I would I would genuinely recommend actually that I read uh, towards the end of last year is The Power of Habit. Um, I can't remember the author, but it's called The Power of Habit, and it's just oh, it, it's it's really really good. Um, read that, and it just helps helps you understand um, 
how habits are formed, uh, how to actually change habits, and how to what your what your sort of uh, trigger is. It talks about triggering habits, um, but that oh, it was it was really good, and you can relate it. It's not trading related, but you can relate it to trading. It's really good. If there was one thing you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why and how could they go about mastering it? Um, I would say structure. Uh, because it's what moves the market, and if you would like to master it, uh, youtube.com forward slash Todd Capital Group and watch all the videos. <laughs> Good. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, trading View for analysis and MetaTrader 4 for execution. What's the worst trade you've ever had? Um... The worst trade I've ever had is a euro dollar, uh, a euro dollar sell while I was in Australia breaking risk management. It was twenty thousand pounds in profit. I got stopped out for break even. Jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> yep. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would say to uh, trust the process of trading. I know it seems very very difficult at the beginning and there's so many different aspects to learn uh but the the potential is there for anybody to to be able to make money if you're willing to apply yourself and put in the hours but it's just important to remember that it's not an overnight success and it's not a get rich quick but given you're willing to put as much you know more time in than anybody else um it certainly is uh, achievable and also don't listen to your mates and stuff because if they tell you that you know you can't do it then you know that's yeah. I just I just don't listen to any negativity of anybody that says you can't, or anybody that says you know you're going to lose money. Look, it's part and parcel of the game. Of course, you're going to lose money. The idea is just to limit that. Cool. Well, look, we're going to jump onto the uh, the the video here and shoot a little video, and uh, we could chuck it up on the YouTube channel. So, before we wrap up here, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um. I would say probably Instagram. Uh, the tag is at underscore Todd's Capital Group. Uh, that's probably the best place to get a hold of us. Or you can just email me at Matthew uh, at ToddCapitalGroup.co.uk. Um, yeah, and all the information in regards to the YouTube and stuff like that is there as well. Um, even on the YouTube, you can see all the uh, all the information for Instagram and emails and stuff like that. So that's just YouTube.com forward slash uh, Todd Capital Group. Well, look, a big thank you to Matthew today. Uh, everything we've discussed here, along with the, all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Matthew in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that show with Matthew Todd. Now, do remember to head over to tradingnut.com to check out the uh, video we shot after recording this where Matthew walks us through a price chart. And I've got to say, it is up there with the best videos I've had in my catalog of, of dozens and dozens of videos. So, guys, this is really worthwhile checking out. You will learn a thing or two. And if you didn't catch it in the show, what I mentioned at the start, this um, technique that he used, this um, rule around the, uh, the, 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 I suppose, the three trade rule is what he called it. So this is where you can have three trades a day, either three wins, uh, one win, two losses, two wins, one loss, one loss, two wins, or two losses, and you're done. Okay, so basically it gives you enough scope to make some money, 
but then it stops you from going down a rabbit hole of multiple losers in a single day. So at least you get to sleep on it. Trying to do that with discipline is the key that I found made a big difference for me. So guys, worthwhile checking out, trying it out. Rewind the show if you need to, uh, but that was big game changer in this show now do remember there's a whole bunch of other stuff on tradingnut.com as well i teach you how to build a trading trading robots in 21 days and i'm talking about literally everything you can do with a trading robot uh, there's the robot traders club there's courses up there that you can have a look from past guests massive deals and discounts through with those courses on base both strategies and also mindset and there's a whole lot of funding providers as well that you can choose from if you're looking to get funded So guys, until next time, I hope you have a great trading week and uh, I'll see you in the next episode.